What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Monday, December 7th. Wow, what a weird day of football. Do I, I feel like I freaking have said that every darn Monday this season, but it's true, man. There was a touchdown that wasn't a touchdown that was a touchdown. There was a player who was active and didn't play. <laughs> And that was all in the same freaking game. Um, The Giants beat the Seahawks. The Patriots won 45 to nothing with Cam Newton passing for 69 yards. It was a crazy day. Uh, We're going to unpack everything that we saw here in uh, week 13, at least the Sunday action. We still have three more games when I'm recording this thing. But regardless, we'll unpack what we saw on Sunday here for you on today's podcast. Before I get into that, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course, football. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50 with a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com. You can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win state and age restrictions. Apply C-Site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so let's dive into it here. New Orleans and Atlanta first on the list for us. And Taysom Hill was able to get it done here yet again against the Atlanta Falcons. 25.6 fantasy points. Threw for 232 yards, two passing scores the first two of his career. Ran for 83 yards, solid start. And it was really nice to see that Alvin Kamara was involved in this one. 15 for 88 on the ground, scored a touchdown. Still didn't do much in the passing game, but you know what? When you have that kind of performance in the run game, it really makes up for it. And perhaps more importantly, that split with Latavius Murray, where they played the same amount of snaps the previous two weeks. Well, it was 48 snaps for Kamara in this one, 32 for Lat Murray. And Michael Thomas, I mean, I guess if he faces the Falcons, it's all good. Nine for 105 uh, for Thomas, so a solid outing for him. On the Atlanta side, uh, well, the Todd Gurley thing, (laughs) yeah, well, it's not happening right now. He was active in this game. He did play 22 snaps. Ito Smith played 24 snaps. And Brian Hill, who is droppable, uh, he was droppable last week, is, you know, he played 11 snaps, so yeah. Eight for 16 for Todd Gurley. Yay. Uh, Matt Ryan struggling in this one, 273 and a passing score. Of course, that passing score went to Russell Gage. It didn't go to Julio or Calvin Ridley, but they both had decent enough days. They didn't lose you their week, your week. Ridley goes for 108 on five catches, six catches for Julio, 94 yards. They both saw 10 targets, so I, I'm not going to complain about that. Overall, New Orleans is a pretty tough team, and they are on the fast fast track to the bye. Moving on to Detroit and Chicago. Matthew Stafford. I was actually in a situation where I was forced to play Stafford in a two-quarterback league because Fitzpatrick didn't end up starting. And boy, am I happy. I have to send Tua a thank you card. 402 for Stafford and three passing scores. He had 551 air yards in this game. Matty, 
Stafford. The touchdowns going uh, respectively to Marvin Jones, Quintez Cephas getting on the board with a touchdown. Uh, the the rookie there, Marvin Jones had a huge day, eight for one sixteen and a score. T.J. Hawkinson had a huge day, a seven for eighty four, but he got gesickied. Jesse James getting in the end zone instead of T.J. Hawkinson, and uh, a couple Twitter followers did point out that in the Dolphins game, one of the broadcasters used the term gesickied. But they actually meant mossed, not gesickied, and they incorrectly used it. Gesickied means you get vultured, especially at tight end. But you could you could apply it to other positions, running back, probably not wide receiver. But anyway, we got gesickied there. It's all good. He still had a, a pretty quality outing. Great season for Mike Gesicki. On the other side, David Montgomery continues to get it done. Two weeks in a row, taking advantage of good matchups. At least we have that going for us. Somewhere, Brad Evans is smiling uh, about that. But uh, good day for David Montgomery, currently the number one fantasy running back for the week. I'm recording this before the three remaining games are played. 17 for 72 and two touchdowns, had five red zone carries, one goal line carry converting that for a touchdown. Adds four catches for 39. He's an every down back. Allen Robinson, not the best outing here, but I'm still encouraged. Seven targets, he had six for 75 in this one but really wasn't the game we had hoped for out of Mitchell Trubisky. He proved to be a two-quarterback quarterback. And actually, he finishes right now. He's exactly where I ranked him. He probably won't finish there, but I ranked him at 17. He is at 17. So that's kind of where you are with, with him. He is a two-quarterback quarterback. He wasn't a, a streamer. Anyway, uh, moving along to Cleveland and Tennessee, what an entertaining game. Not that you probably use Baker Mayfield, but he was one of the best quarterback plays on the board this week. Such an inconsistent year. If he could string together a couple performances like this one, man, watch out. But 334 and four touchdowns for him. He connects with Jarvis Landry, with Rashard Higgins, with Donovan Peoples-Jones on the long ball. Uh, Really, it was all Higgins and Landry in this one. Chubb goes 18 for 80, gets in the end zone. Uh, Kareem Hunt was used a lot. He touched the ball 17 times. Just wasn't particularly effective, especially with his carries. So not the best week for Kareem Hunt. On the other side, this is uh, – I'm really glad to see this. Corey Davis really rounding into form here at this point in his career. Sometimes it just takes receivers a little bit longer. And and Corey Davis, a classic example. He catches 11 balls here for 182 and a score on 12 targets. Now, I will say that even though A.J. Brown only four for 87, seven targets – He had 157 air yards, though, so he was being targeted heavily downfield. Was banged up for a little bit in this game, but was able to get back on the field. Uh, Looked a lot worse than what it ended up being. 389-3, and this is why I loved uh, Ryan Tannehill this week. But, of course, you have that sort of correlation, right? When this happens, well, the run game could get hurt. And Derrick Henry not playing the entire game here only 39 snaps for Henry and of course Jeremy McNichols getting in the end zone yay just like we drew it up anyway better days will be ahead though for Derrick Henry on to really the chippiest game on the slate here Cincinnati and Miami multiple players being ejected in this one including Tyler Boyd but he managed to get an entire week's worth of fantasy production in in one play One for 72 and a touchdown, so if you had him in your lineup, at least you got that out of him. Otherwise, there's not a lot to report here. Brandon Allen was banged up in this one, so we could see Ryan Finley, which is even worse for Giovanni Bernard. 
He was not a factor here. Had 14 touches, which is solid, but wasn't able to do much with them. And the team just cannot sustain drives. So it really crushes his fantasy value with Mixon on injured reserve. On the other side, Tua got the start. Like I mentioned, he actually had a good connection with Mike Gesicki here. Nine for 88. Did not get gesicki He got the touchdown. So solid for Gesicki trending up at the right time. Devontae Parker, though, just not a factor with Tua on the field. He also was ejected later in the game. Four for 35. Yeah. Awesome. Um, otherwise, Miles Gaskin dominated touches as we expected. Had 23 touches here. Looked really solid on the ground. Two catches for 51 yards. That's a top 15 PPR week right there. Uh, moving on to the Jacksonville-Minnesota game. Yet again, Jacksonville figuring out a way to stay in games with Mike Lennon under center. Uh, this team has a lot of fight. You know, say what you will about Jacksonville, and obviously they're the butt of jokes right now for a lot of people. This team has fight, and you have to give them that. Big part of it is James Robinson, 18 for 78 and a touch on the ground, 6 for 30 as a receiver. Yeah, that's 24 touches. Just basically ink him in for 20-plus going forward. Really great story there. Uh, otherwise, I mean, hey, Glennon, 280 in a passing score. It's not great, but honestly, it's not terrible. It really isn't terrible. The passing score, of course, going to LaVisca Chenault. DJ Shark did lead the team in uh, in routes and you know in snaps, 62 snaps for him, but only two catches for 41 yards. Had seven targets, though, which also led the team. Uh, moving on to the Minnesota side of this one, and I'd said that really the Vikings receivers had the best matchup on the board. Yeah, they did. <laughs> 11 targets for Thielen, 8 for 75 and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson's dominant rookie year continues. 12 targets, 9 for 121 and a touch. Wow. Awesome. Uh, how about this? Dalvin Cook, banged up. So what do you do with a banged up running back? You feed him 38 touches. 179 scrimmage yards for Dalvin Cook. Oh, uh, man. Minnesota, you're going to need him if you make the playoffs. Just saying. Yeah, I know Zimmer's a big listener, so anyway, uh, you like it for fantasy purposes. And and Cousins continued, if if Minnesota's challenged, they will throw the ball, and that's good for Cousins. If they're not challenged, they're going to run the freak out of the football, and, and that's it. Indy Houston. Uh, on the Indy side, oof, Jonathan Taylor. Now, a lot of this came in the fourth quarter, so the, there was a good chunk of the game where people were worried about him. He ends up with 13 for 91. Finally got the hot hand because it looked like, you know, none of the running backs were doing anything. Like, Hines scored the touchdown, but nobody was doing anything. And then he finally gets the hot hand and ends up putting up a really nice stat line. He catches three for 44, had the longer touchdown reception, number five PPR running back right now. Uh, Of course, we get the obligatory big T.Y. Hilton game, finally, (laughs) when we didn't expect it. Everybody expected it to be Pittman. Eight for 110 and a touchdown, just like we drew it up. Uh, Anyway, on the Houston side, I'll tell you, I didn't expect Kiki QT to have this big of a day. You know, my expectation here was uh, that... You know, he's somewhat of a lackluster player. They've done what they can to keep him out of the starting lineup. And really, what we got was a big surprise. So Brandon Cooks was third among receivers in receiving yards on this team. Five for 65. Chad Hansen goes up over 100. Remember him, deep dynasty players? 
five for 101, and then Kiki QT, eight for 141. So I didn't expect to see Chad Hansen out there, especially leading the team in snaps. But that's what we got. Jordan Akins did play 45 snaps. He wasn't a factor here. He has a tough schedule except for week 16. He faces the Bengals. I think that's where if you make your fantasy championship, you'd be looking at him. David Johnson only playing three more snaps than Duke Johnson in this one. That's something we'll have to keep an eye on uh, right there. Let's talk Raiders and Jets. The Raiders win it in heroic fashion, I guess. They shouldn't have been that close, though. Either way, it cost Greg Williams his job. And in this contest, of course, Frank Gore was a kind of, okay, maybe a low upside uh, RB2. Well, he was concussed early, and then it became the Ty Johnson show. Ty Johnson goes 22 for 104 and a touchdown, 2 for 13. Impressive. Uh, of course, James Jamison Crowder gets in the end zone twice here, but not much else to report on that side. On the other side, Devontae Booker was such a popular play, but 17 touches was fine. He just didn't do much with them, so a big letdown. But how could you do anything else when Darren Waller becomes the sixth tight end in NFL history to top 200 receiving yards in a single game? 13 for two hunch and two scores. That's a 45-burger in PPR scoring. Derek Carr goes from really one of the worst offensive performances that we've seen in recent memory to a quarterback one. In fact, the number one quarterback before the Monday and Tuesday games. And, of course, getting it done at the very end there with Henry Ruggs. So, <laughs> just like we drew it up, right? Anyway, uh, on to the Rams and Arizona Cardinals. You know, my my word of caution about the Rams' backfield was we didn't know with Cam Akers. And I'll tell you, the way that I proceed any time with these types of players is I would rather it happen on my bench than get a dud in my starting lineup. I'm conservative when it comes to season-long fantasy football, and I know that other people, you know, some people out there want you know the re- really aggressive, hot take stuff. I'm not a tout. I'm not going to do that, right? So keep that in mind anytime you hear advice for me, because hey, we saw it finally with Acres. I'm glad that we saw it because now we know we can start him with confidence next week, especially with Daryl Henderson banged up, and that may be part of why we saw. More Cam Akers in this one. Daryl Henderson suffering a knee injury. Henderson got in the end zone uh, as a runner. So did Cam Akers. Cam Akers has 21 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. One for 22 as a receiver. Pretty solid day right there. Not massive. In fact, Daryl Henderson on five touches, was he almost equaled Akers in fantasy scoring. He's he, Literally, he's just a point behind him. But it's enough for me now to say next week, we can use him as an RB2. Finally, finally. I know, it's conservative, but conservative wins in fantasy football, it does. You know, being aggressive in in drafts, but I'm talking about your weekly decisions. That's where I'm very conservative. And, uh, you know, that was one of the lessons I learned early on, you know, when it comes to like rankings competitions, maybe you see the, uh, the fantasy pros rankings competition that I'm in every year. If you're hyper-aggressive in those types of things, you don't win because really the most likely thing to happen is the thing that happens most often, and it's usually a very conservative play. So when it comes to my rankings, I'm always very conservative. It has been successful in the long term, and I'm the same way with my start-sit decisions, ultimately. Uh, Bob Woods, 10 catches for 85, just fine, and more Cooper Cup in this one, so that's good. Eight for 73 for Cooper Cup. Uh, in this contest. On the Arizona 
side of things. DeAndre Hopkins, not a massive day, but bails us out with a touchdown. He has eight catches, you know, 13 targets, but there were low eight-dot catches, uh, 52 yards receiving, that's all, but still a top 15 week, very likely here when it's all said and done. Dan Arnold had a long touchdown. We're not picking him up. Kenyon Drake gets in the end zone as a runner and continues to be an RB2. That's about what he is. And and a little bit of a bounce back for Kyler Murray. Not a not a massive day, but the fact that he threw three touchdowns was really helpful. And and, and Arnold, to be clear, it's both of his catches were touchdowns. Like that's annoying because people are gonna want to pick him up like crazy, and we missed the game. Like it's not gonna happen again. Uh so we missed it. So that's where I stand on that one. Can you can you tell I'm looking forward to all the questions about should I pick up Arnold? I, I don't think we should. I, I you know I don't think he's good enough to be in the streamer conversation. And just just to like drive that home, he played nine snaps. Like he played nine snaps. All right, that's it. Uh, anyway, let's go to the next game: Seattle and the Giants. Big ups to the Giants in this one, taking down the Seahawks, and they really shut Russ down. Two sixty three and one score. In this one, he added 45 yards on the ground, though. Uh, somebody told me they were going to drop Russell Wilson. Don't do that to yourself. Chris Carson was just fine, though. A top 10 week for him. He has 65 on the ground, 45 as a receiver, three catches, and gets in the end zone. So solid day there. Otherwise, the receivers come back to earth. You know, DK5 for 80. Like, that. that that's his floor. <laughs> so I don't think we can complain too much here. It was definitely a weird game where the Giants showed up to play. Like, credit where credit's due. On the Giants' side, Wayne Gallman getting it done. But Alfred Morris getting Gesicki in him. Alfred Morris gets a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in this one, which, yeah, we're not picking up Alfred Morris. But Gallman, Gallman looked really good in this game. Uh, as for everybody else, Colt McCoy did enough, but he only had 105 passing yards in this one, so... Uh, not much else to report there. With uh, Maybe Daniel Jones is back next week. We'll see. Philly and the Green Bay Packers on the Green Bay side, it was it was a somewhat quiet day for Aaron Jones until the very end. He has a 77-yard touchdown scamper, as they like to call it. 15 for 130 and a touchdown, and that was a scamper. That was one of the prettiest touchdown runs you're going to see. Three for 18 as a receiver, number three PPR running back. Bob Tanyan gets in the end zone again. Devontae Adams has 10 catches, two of them for scores for our buck 21. I mean, pretty much what you expected from the Packers, 295 and three from Aaron Rodgers, pretty much what you expected. On the Philly side, well, maybe what some Philadelphia Eagles fans expected, and that, of course, being Carson Wentz being benched in this one. Does the benching stick as of right now? I can't tell you. I I have no clue if Jalen Hurts is going to stay in there, but I tell you what I saw out of Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts was pushing the ball downfield a little bit more than Carson Wentz. Uh, he, you know, his A dot was significantly higher. We see that with young players. He's very mobile, as we know, but he brought Jalen Rager to life a little bit in this one. And, and Greg Ward, that touchdown reception was pretty nice. Dallas Goddard was just fine, even with Zach Ertz back on the field. Goddard, five for 66. No, it wasn't the biggest fantasy week, but he had seven targets. We've seen this over and over with Goddard. The dude is a stud. Let's not worry about it. Maybe we should be worried about Miles Sanders just a little bit, though. 10 for 31 against the Packers, a team you should run on that were unable to get it done. Looks like a lost season for the Philadelphia Eagles, but we'll see what happens with Carson Wentz. Uh, the uh, team heading in the exact opposite direction, the New England Patriots. Are you kidding me? 
So if you read this box score, you say, all right, Cam went 12 for 19 for 69 yards. Like Jared Stidham almost had more passing yards than Cam Newton in this game. And Cam and they won 45 to nothing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh of course, part of it, the Gunnar Olszewski touchdown, part of it, the uh, Devin McCourty, you know, uh, blocked field goal recovery touchdown. I mean, just an incredible game for this team. But Cam getting it done as a runner where it really mattered. 14 for 48 and two touchdowns. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. It is a lost week for the Chargers. Don't hold this against them. Uh, this was Belichick. That's what this was. That was straight up Belichick. So Austin Eckler, sure, twelve touches, you know, just over, just under seventy scrimmage yards. Whatever, I'm not worried about it. Not worried about Keenan Allen. He did have eleven targets. Not worried about Hunter Henry even in this one. Just one for five, and certainly not worried about Justin Herbert going forward. Better days will be ahead. All right, let's round it out with Sunday night football: Denver and. Kansas City. I chuckle because there's so much to unpack with Kansas City. So the reason why Clyde Edwards-Alaire was active but did not play. He was active, I guess, in case of emergency, but he didn't play because he had lost weight during the week with that uh, stomach virus and didn't practice. So Le'Veon Bell gets the start. I I hate it when this happens, but nobody knew this was going to happen other than the Chiefs. So don't say F you to Andy Reid. Don't say F you to your favorite fantasy analyst. Don't say F you to anybody. Just realize this happens. It does. It's crappy. It's annoying. It's stupid, but it happens occasionally. Nothing we can do about it. Nothing we can do about it. So Le'Veon Bell, the lead back, they did use a lot of Daryl Williams here. 33 snaps for Bell, 31 for Daryl Williams. Tyreek goes six for 58 and that's it. Now, it should have been an over 100-yard game with a touchdown and seven catches because he legit made one of the the most crazy catches you'll ever see, and it wasn't called a catch. It wasn't called a catch on the field, and he didn't even think he caught it. He got, got up thinking that he didn't catch it. Nobody thought to essentially double check, and it was crazy. You could hear the broadcast booth, so you heard Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels go, oh, like, he caught that. Oh, I think Collinsworth was like, oh, no, (laughs) because they punted, and you didn't get it, and you may not get into your fantasy playoffs as a result, or you may not get a bye as a result, or you might have faced them, and your opponent got screwed over. You never like to see it happen that way, because it was a legit touchdown, it was a crazy touchdown. Unbelievable. But yet again, no F you, Andy Reid. No F you. To, like, nobody, even the dude, didn't think it was a catch. How often do we see a wide out, get up off the ground, and, like, he obviously trapped the ball, and he's like, no, it's a catch. Or, you know, one foot out of bounds, clearly, and they're like, no, challenge it. Tyreek didn't even, he's just like, no, nah, he didn't. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but obviously they're just fine. And Travis Kelsey's a rock star. And Mahomes, he still throws for 300 yards, so it is what it is. On the Denver side, honestly, this is the best game that I, I we've seen Melvin Gordon all season. He looked sharp. He looked explosive. 
He still split carries with Philip Lindsay, but you know what? This is the first game that I saw with these two both healthy on the field together where I was like, oh, wow, Gordon's significantly better than Lindsay. There have been a bunch of games this season where I've said Lindsay looked better than Gordon. Not dramatically, but better. Not in this one. Gordon had the burst. Gordon, really solid. It's a shame he didn't get in the end zone because it did put a little bit of a cap on his fantasy numbers, but still 15 for 131. He has 15.2 PPR points. You'll take it, right? You'll take it. Uh, otherwise, Tim Patrick got in the end zone twice. A little fluky, though. Like, I, I don't see that sticking. I know that people are upset about Jerry Judy. Just uh, one catch for five yards. Did have four targets, which was as many as Patrick. He had nearly double the amount of air yards. So I'm not really concerned there. Drew Locke, though, making some mistakes yet again. And very, very, like, rookie-type mistakes. You know, technically speaking, not a rookie, but basically a rookie, right? He's, you know, this is his first full year as a starter. So maybe those go away in the future, but maybe Denver goes away from Locke. We'll see. Anyway, that is it for the podcast today. Of course, head on over to FTNFantasy.com, FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com. That's the FTN network of sites. Check out all the good stuff we have to offer over there. Please keep reviewing the show on iTunes. If we get to 2,000, we have, we have a long freaking way. Long way. I think we got like 850 to go to 2,000. If we get to 2,000, I'll give some more stuff away. I'm going to announce an, a, a winner of our contest later in the week. I know everybody's looking forward to that. Let's do it when the week officially starts. So we're going to have to wait until after Tuesday. My focus is on the games first, all right? But we will tell you. But if you haven't reviewed the show already, please do on Apple. Apple Podcasts, it's really easy if you have an iPhone. Open up the Apple Podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant, with Jeff Ratcliffe. Not some other rant, because there are a lot of... I, t- I didn't choose a very original name. I get it. There are a lot of rants, but choose mine. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you are done. I appreciate all the kind words that people have left in there. It uh, definitely means more than you know. The support is what keeps me doing this stuff, man. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you can always review it on the web. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag, Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. I will catch you on the flip side. We'll talk a little bit of uh, waiver wire. Week 14 playoffs, baby. That's on the flip side tomorrow. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.